asked me yesterday to see you. Right. And um, so that's basically why you're here today, is because okay. your iron levels are low. Yes. Your blood count's actually much better. It's come up, and it's probably because you're taking oral iron? Yes. Okay, so we'll talk more about that, and it'll make more sense as we go along. Right, very good. Are we drawing any blood today or not? Yeah, so there'll be some lab work that the surgeons like done. You haven't had, you've had some of the blood work done, but not all of it for your right. I was wondering if they're having great difficulty finding uh, a vein. Oh, are they? I had an MRI last week. Yes. And they found a spot here, but uh, for some reason, the IV didn't work when they were pumping the dye in. So they said I may have to go back and redo it. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard yet. But the only place they've uh, been able all these are dried up or whatever. The only place they could find one was over here. Oh so I was wondering whether it'd be worthwhile getting a, a permanent one put up here or somewhere or wherever. When you go to the lab, can the girls in the lab get it fairly easily? Or are they struggling too? When you go for normal blood work, do you have problems finding your vein as well? Yes. What about this hand? Did you ever take blood work? Are you, uh, do you think you're dehydrated? Do you drink lots of fluids? Uh, I think not. I've been taking a fair number of fluids. Yeah. So, has anyone talked to you about when the surgery might be? Uh, don't have a definite date yet. Let's see, let's see. Uh, first of November, I was going in for a. Uh, and then a scope. Sigmund, Sigmund Cotsby. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's on the Thursday? Yeah, the first. Right. All right. And, um, all right. I'm just going to ask you some questions and then we'll talk about your blood work. Right. Do you have any allergies to any medications? No. No. And what medications are you currently taking?
Are you taking the laxative? Is that because yes. the is the iron? Are you tolerating the iron? Yes. Or is it causing you some problems? No. Uh, I think our last visit they suggested I take the laxative because the uh, the mass is blocking the his colon. Obstructing the bowel movement. And. Um, so they wanted to keep the stool soft so yes. it get through. And you haven't had any problems after starting the iron with constipation? No. No? Okay. No. Do you know what the name of this? I'm not familiar with this laxative. C C's. Do you know what do you know what that says? Uh, clear lax. Yeah, it's a great name, I guess. And is this making you have diarrhea? Uh, no. No. Uh, this morning, I guess I had a, what I call a decent bowel <laughs> I was surprised because it wasn't particularly black. Well, that means the iron has been completely absorbed now. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Well, it doesn't know. Did it cause it to be black at any point? Usually, it's it. So it doesn't have to be necessarily black, but it's usually darker yeah. than usual. Well, it's very dark. I, I would say it's black. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Also, blood can can do that too. Yes. Yeah. And. Um, On occasion, I have noticed a bit of blood sort of thing, it sort of leaches out of the stool. Okay. This morning, I didn't see any. Any other products that you're taking, natural products, herbal products, that's no. not on the... No. Okay. And um, do you have any problems with your heart? No. Have you ever had a heart attack? No. Have you ever had chest pain that needed to be investigated? No. So I see that you were diagnosed with a pulmonary embolism in September. Was that an incidental finding or were you having some breathing problems at that time? Uh, incidental. Something they found after they'd done the colonoscopy. Do you recall in the summertime being short of breath or feeling unwell or having pain in your legs or anything no like pain that? In the, legs. the only time I short of breath is earlier in the year when we had that high humidity and temperatures. That was all so summer. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this was particularly bad in one week. And Do you remember? It was in August? Was walking the dog and just 15 steps outside the building, I, I could tell. So. Do you think that was July or August? Oh, no, it's back earlier than that. June? June, oh, yeah. I think, somewhere. Okay. So my doctor's advice, don't go outside. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it was bad enough that you saw your doctor about it? Uh... I didn't make a special trip to talk to him about it. It's just, uh, I 
did mention it the next time was in the same for You noticed any leg swelling now? No. No. And any shortness of breath on exertion? That's, uh, that you I've think been is bending over doing something like I get back up sort of thing. I sometimes notice that I'm sort of breathing a little heavy. But uh, would you say that's new since um, I don't notice any shortness of breath. Okay. You're lightheaded as well. If you get up too quick. Well, it hasn't happened lately because I don't get up quick anymore. Three weeks ago when you went to the hospital on Sunday, what happened then? Well, that's, I think that was the morning I got out of bed too fast. What happened? Well, when I got up and uh, I felt sort of woozy and uh, like I was going keel over sort of thing. And, uh, it wasn't too bad. But, uh, I noticed when I walked the dog over. 10 minute walk, I could tell coming back, I still wasn't uh, bouncing properly, so I decided I should have it checked out. Because okay. all the doctors would tell me, if you, all this other things I'm having, they said, have a problem, go to the hospital. <laughs> so that's what I did. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going on. And any problems in the past with diabetes? No. Any problems with your bladder or your kidneys that you're aware of? No. I've had a gallbladder removed. And now tell me a little bit about um, your bowels and your stomach. When they diagnosed you with the tumor, how did that come up? Uh, come up? How come did along? How did, did you have symptoms? How did they find it? Uh, well, at the same time I went in, I was complaining about when I went to see my uh, Dr. Fox, I guess. Oh, sort of difficulty swallowing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Certain foods are spicy, I uh, sort of irritate the throat and I cough for mm -hmm. 30 seconds or something before it settled down. So I done a bleed scan from the top right down to my pelvis. I guess that's uh, what they know is something in the lung. Then it also start when they notice low iron in your blood to do all the other tests? Well, it's been after we found that, yeah. yeah. And was that on just a, a routine screen that your blood was found to be yeah, low with my, iron or? My annual uh, checkup. When was that? August or September? I would think so. It's just uh, like recently? Yeah. Yeah, I just before all this. Cause the morning after I took my blood sample, and uh, Dr. Bone said you're very low on uh, iron. And they put me on the uh, blood replacement or iron. Everything followed from there, and every test they done that showed up something else. And uh, had a colon colonoscopy. 
Yeah, and uh, oh, graphic as well. That's where try to pinpoint things. Um, at any time prior to the diagnosis, did you see any rectal bleeding visual? No. Black stool at that time? No. No. And so at this time, you occasionally see blood in your stool? Yes. Or do you always see blood in your stool? Just recently. Just recently? Yeah. And is it all the time or just occasionally? I would say occasionally. And um, did the nutritionist put you on a special diet or? No. They did on Friday, but they haven't well, given the menu yet. Okay. Like a low residue diet. Right, yeah. correct. Okay. Yeah. They're still trying to pick it up. We went up again that today and they didn't have it ready for them. You wouldn't happen to have a copy of one, would you? I don't, actually. No, Just curious. Dr. If Dr. Williams? Yes. Yeah. Joanne's looking for it upstairs on the seventh floor. And um, have you ever had a stroke or a seizure in the past? No. Have you had problems with blood clots before? No. No, never. Anyone in your family have blood clot problems? Yes. yes. Your son, Charlie. Oh, he had Charlie. medical discharge from the Navy because of which. And it, was it similar blood clotting, like pulmonary Antiphosphalid, uh -huh. that long, long name there. Antiphosphalid. Yeah. Antiphosphalid that anybody syndrome. That's the one. Because maybe you have that too. And it just predisposed you with. Yes. With the cancer, just the two two things. Yeah. My sister had a died of cancer somewhere, I don't know what type it was now, somewhere around the stomach, somewhere. Did and Dr. Karavich know about that, that your son had? I don't think he's brought it up in the meetings I've attended. Uh, I filled out a form for someone that indicated that. And also had a uncle on my father's side had uh, cancer as well. But um, the blood clotting, oh. the family blood clotting. No. No, Dr. Carroll. No knowledge that had blood clotting. Could well have been there, but uh, <laughs> all I know is he had cancer. <laughs> and um, so previous surgeries, you've had a hernia repair, is that yes. correct? Yeah. What else have you had? Big open surgeries. Gallbladder. Mm -hmm. What else? Uh, that would be it. No surgery when your car accident? Well, I had a spiral fracture down here and they had to build up the scar. When you had um, those procedures, do you recall receiving a blood transfusion with any of them? Do you recall being told that there was excessive bleeding with any of those procedures? No. Okay. no. Does anyone in your family have any bleeding disorders? The opposite <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. No. Okay. Can't think of any. 
Do you recall ever receiving a blood transfusion in your lifetime? No. Did Dr. Williams or any of the colorectal surgeons talk to you about potential for blood transfusion with the surgery that you're going to need? I don't think that came up that I recall. They will at some point discuss it with you. We'll talk a little bit more about it today. Right. Okay. Um, but if you should need a blood transfusion when you have your surgery, would you accept a blood transfusion? Yes. So at the Ottawa Hospital, you sign a consent for right. blood transfusion right. or a refusal. Right. Um, and so that's done generally by the surgeons. Right. But we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, do you otherwise feel okay? Do you feel yourself or do you feel unwell? Uh, today I feel pretty good. And when you don't feel good, what, what symptoms are you having? Well, I my MIR two days ago, three. On Saturday? In the next couple of days I was very uh, tired and sleepy. Probably I would say sleepy more than tired. Just since your MRI, for the last couple of months you've been tired? Well, particularly after the MRI, but uh, I guess any visit to a doctor or anything like that, uh, sort of gets to me a bit, <laughs> depending on what it is. But. And what would you do if you were spending the day at home? Are you are you somewhat active, or do you are you sleeping a lot? Uh, well, prior prior to find the cancer, I was. Uh, had uh, pool exercises once mm -hmm. a week and uh, sort of in the gym with uh, weight strength mm -hmm. machines uh, twice a week. Wow. And walking and, the dog? And walking the dog. Two, three times so a day. I was, I was fairly active. But uh, once I found out I had this, I sort of stopped the exercise because I wasn't sure what I should or shouldn't be doing because of the bruising and uh, things like that. The pain thing is what the... I've been told now that I should continue mm -hmm. with it. So. You still did 7,000 steps in your pedometer yesterday? Yeah. Part of a lab test for upstairs. 3,000. Today so far? T today so far. Great. <laughs> so You're I'm, doing better than me. <laughs> I'm living in a retirement home and uh, most people my age, I guess, are younger and a few older. Help myself look, I think I'm as active as most of them. Yeah, well, if not more so, yes. <laughs> Probably more so. So activity is good. I mean, when you're on a, an anticoagulant or a blood thinner, you have to be careful to, to not to, to fall or put yourself at risk right. of falling. Right. That's yeah. the, the worry. So being at a pool, there's, I guess you could say there's a potential for slipping there, but that risk would be there all the time. It wouldn't be good for you to fall without blood thinners either. Right. Um, but... Um, Certainly walking is excellent, and, uh, and I'll, leave, I'll leave that up to the doctors to, to uh, recommend your activity level. Uh, how long has Dr. Karavich mentioned um, how long you'll have to stay on the blood thinners? Uh, should be on my blood sugar. Right up to surgery, and then a couple more months after that, I think he said. 24 September to start the uh, mm -hmm. endo-hip 
He wants to see you again in January, right? Yes. You'll take it, keep taking those until then? Yeah, I just got a big supply of fragments. So. Have they given you any instructions as to what to do leading up to the surgery, the few days before your surgery? No, sure. No. no, they did. They'll tell you that they're going to ask you to stop doing it once you determine what your surgery date is. Okay. Once you determine your surgery date, you have to go see them again, and they'll take you off it for a couple of days leading to it. Is that what it. they want to yeah. see them? Okay. Yeah. They want to see him again right before surgery, once they know the date. Okay. Well, I understood Dr. Williams said uh, they do that automatically once they get the date. Yeah, they'll, they'll notify you. to stop right. together, so. Automatically in that, what does she mean by automatic? Well, it's part of their procedures. Okay. I guess when they set the date, they'll make sure I'm told okay. when to stop. Follow up with that. It's all a team effort, so I assume. I'll just remind. I'll remind Jen. Once, once I know when your when your date is, I'll I'll just make sure that. Right. Okay. Good. <laughs> it's not like you're on a pill, so it's when you're on the warfarin pills, it takes longer for that type of anticoagulant mm -hmm. to be eliminated from your body. Right. The half-life of fragments much, much shorter, so right. yeah. we don't have to get you in to see them, you know, a week before. Right. It could be a shorter time frame, so okay. but it's important that it's uh, not doesn't fall through the cracks. Right. There isn't, an, there isn't an automatic system. It, it's yeah, the system back is to somebody remembering unit. to do it. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any other health issues we haven't talked about? I think not. No. Okay. Your stress level is good? That's pretty good. Okay. No. We'll talk about your I'm, diet. I'm a less bit worried later. about it than my wife is. <laughs> well, it's it's stressful on the patient and it's stressful on the family as well. Oh yes, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if I take your blood pressure? No problem. Are you sleeping okay at night? Yes. And probably up. Uh, Three or four times during the night for past my urine. Is that new? But I go right back to sleep. Is that new? Have you been doing that for a long time or is that something oh. new? No, that's that's typical? Long. Typical, yeah. Has a doctor have you seen a doctor about that? Uh just Dr. Fox, I guess. Have you ever had an ultrasound to look at your prostate? Do they check your PSA levels ever? They have in the past. <laughs> Do you drink a lot of fluid at night before you go to bed? Uh, not too much in the evening. 
probably a glass of water with my iron pail because it takes around 10 at night. Pretty good, 138 on 64. All right. Now I have uh, our nurses in the retirement home. I get it checked once a week. Yeah. And is that typically your baseline or is it different? Yeah. It does go up on occasion, but that's, uh, that's typically what it is. That's what so you sure you yeah. Blood pressure control pill. And back to taking blood work, has that always been an issue in terms of not being able to find veins or is that something new? Uh, well, some, some people find it very quickly. It's usually up uh, on the arm. They try both arms, but uh, recently I guess it's uh, can't find it here or there. I've had okay. a couple up here and then the last couple have been over here. So. And has that been like, you know, the last 10 years, 20 years, people have been struggling to, some people struggle to get a vein? Or is that new, do you think? I would say it's within the last uh, six months sort of thing that they had difficulty not finding both okay. arms. Someone said it's uh, dehydrated and all that. <laughs> well, that can contribute. Right, yeah. All right. So you had some blood work done for Dr. Williams on October 25th. All right. highlighted. Right. So your blood count was done and your hemoglobin is actually not too bad. It, it, it's it's actually not low. It's 127. All right. So your hemoglobin is part of your red blood cells that carries the oxygen around to your tissues and organs. All right. Levels 127. Normal reference range for a male at this hospital is 125 to 170. Okay. When I look back at your trends, we don't have a lot of history, but certainly you've improved over the last month or so. We were 106 back in mid-September, so that was much lower, and now right. you're up to 127. So that tells me you are responding to the iron. Right, yes. So that's good. Good. Well, I had a question on the iron pill. Uh, I think I saw somewhere that uh, you took it with the orange juice. The orange juice helps too. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to talk to you about that. Yeah. Okay. 
ferritin level looks like it's lower, but the ferritin level is not 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. And um, so you're 15. Ferritin is a test that measures your iron reserves. Right. So how much extra iron your body's stored away. For a male, it should be between 24 and 336. 36. So quite a wide range of normal. Most males have robust iron. So generally, males you see irons well over 100 in the 200s or mm. in low 300s usually. Right. So when you see a low iron in a male, you always think about it because right. it could be a, a problem. Yeah. And so the nature of this test is that when the levels, regardless of the normal reference range, when the levels are less than 30, we know that from sensitivity specificity testing that your iron's low. Right. So we don't always abide by right. that normal reference range. Okay. And so I'm glad that your hemoglobin is normal. We're concerned about low blood counts going into surgeries for three reasons. First reason, it increases the chances of you needing a blood transfusion. Mm -hmm. Preoperative anemias are also associated with surgical risk. So it's always better to try and correct the anemia before the surgery if you can. Right. And then if, it, if we ignore it and the person's bleeding, the hemoglobin could be much worse by the time the surgery rolls around. So right. then you might have to delay or give a blood transfusion before the surgery, so that's not always a good thing to have to do um, on an urgent basis. So I'm glad that, that your hemoglobin has improved. Dr. Williams, the, the reason that, um, another reason that you're seeing me is that they like to see their patients receive intravenous iron. Oh, mm -hmm. So intravenous iron is, is a different type of iron compared to the pills. Um, and generally when we give intravenous iron, usually the blood count is quite low as well. Right. And we're, we're careful with IV iron because the risk factors are different. So the worst thing that can happen with the pills in most people um, is constipation and stomach upset. In your case, you're tolerating it right. quite well and you're responding to it. If you saw me today and you hadn't been started on an iron, I'd be reluctant to put you on one because your tumor is near obstructing. Oh. So I wouldn't mm -hmm. want you to get into any trouble. But you've been started on, you're tolerating it and they put you on pretty heavy duty laxatives. So I think we'll just leave you be with the, with the pills for now. Right. Intravenous iron, if you, the advantage is that it fills up your iron stores quick. Right. The pills take a long time. And also when you have ongoing bleeding, what you're taking in can be coming back out as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So while there's a possibility that I, we can maintain the hemoglobin on the pills for surgery, you're not going to have good iron stores going into the surgery. Right. So that's the disadvantage of just leaving you on the pills, is that while we might be able to maintain the hemoglobin, we're not going to see a really good iron store level right. for surgery. And so what's the benefit of having correcting your iron stores? 
Well, there's other cells in your body that need iron as well. Your muscle cells need iron. Um, and of course, the bone marrow steals all the iron um, from all the other cells when there's not uh, sufficient supply. Um, also, after surgery, because there'll be blood loss associated with, with the colorectal surgery as well, it'll most likely wipe out all your iron stores. So then after surgery, you don't have a lot of nutrients to, to recover. So there's some benefit having iron for post-op hemoglobin recovery as well. Right. My concerns with, with IV iron are um, it has a different side effect profile. The IV iron that I use is very safe. It's called Venifer and it's an iron sucrose. So iron sucroses are associated with less side effects and they're safer products to use. There's many different products on the market. The two side effects that are extremely rare but can occur during the infusion are severe allergic reactions or hypersensitivity reactions and low blood pressure events. They're extremely uncommon but they can occur. Nurses are looking out for those types of symptoms and right. there's medications that can be used to treat allergic reactions okay. and low blood pressure events. Right. In terms of post-infusion side effects, those are not serious side effects that occur after the infusion for one to two days. And these are potential side effects. Most people don't have any problems, but you can have a headache for one to two days. You can have muscle aches and pains for one to two days. You might have a bit of nausea. You could feel increased fatigue before you start to feel better you might have a little bit of dizziness. And they're self-limiting, they usually go away within 48 hours and should be manageable with right. Tylenol or, or Advil. Okay. In terms of risk factors for hypersensitivity reactions, um, the only risk factor I'm seeing, um, and I'm missing one blood test, is um, your age. So. People over the age of 65, we consider that a risk factor. Um, you don't have any autoimmune reactions. Um, I don't think they've done a C-reactive protein, so that's a, a measurement of inflammation. But it's it's not it's not a specific test. Um, we know that cancer causes inflammation, and sometimes you check that blood test, and it's normal when you know that there's inflammation there. Um, but when you have high levels of inflammation, sometimes that can increase risks of having hypersensitivity reactions to iron as well. And it's not the iron itself that you react to, it's how it's made, it's the molecules and, and whatnot. It's not the actual mineral because there's iron inside of us. Do you have any questions so far? Uh, when would I get the iron transfusion? So, how, how many days in advance of the surgery? So if we went ahead with the IV iron, so first of all, because um, I'm a little, my concern, um, you've had a recent pulmonary embolism, even though you're not symptomatic, um, I would want to review this with my medical director in terms of the intravenous iron, also in context with the fact your hemoglobin is not low. And if he approves it, then um, you weigh about 100 kilos. 213 pounds? Yeah. 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 yeah, that's what happens. So, with a normal hemoglobin, we might get away with 
two infusions, but you're having some bleeding, but um, we might get away with two. Mm -hmm. And that's just a, a sort of an estimate. And then we'll see days, how it goes. How many days apart? So you can order them um, anywhere. The, the, the most frequent I would give them, first of all, we're limited by the availability in the medical daycare unit. So if they can provide the chair time, then we can do it as quickly as every four days. Um, but generally speaking, if we're not in a big hurry, then it's like roughly once a week. So I give them a range so right. so that they can play with their chair time without sending the orders back saying they, they can't do it and then you have to write orders again. Okay. What do you think about the intravenous iron if we were to go ahead? Is that something that you're interested in doing? or? Uh. I would go by your recommendation, I would say yes. <laughs> well, I would want you to feel comfortable with the potential risk factors as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, well, well, I'll talk to my doctor and then we'll, we can talk on the phone again. Right. Okay. You okay talking on the phone about this or you prefer to meet in person? Can you hear okay on the phone? Well, I wouldn't bring you back just yeah. to, to review this. It's just sometimes on um, the phone he doesn't hear as well. Did you hear Mary? Did Marianne talk to you yesterday? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so I won't be talking to you about the risk factors again unless no, you have no. questions. I'll just be right. telling you that um, I reviewed it and it's either a go if you're interested or a no. And we'll okay. go with the, continue with the uh, pills. And see. Right. Okay. Any questions? Do you have any questions? The IV, um, is it in and out? Do it for a couple hours and then go home, or do you stay after for a little bit? So, with the IV Venifer, I order it a slightly lower dose. So 300 milligrams is the standard dose, but the standard dose is given over two and a half hours. So it's hard to get chair time, because it's right. a busy. 200 milligrams is, is the dose that I use. It can be given over 30 minutes, but I would give it over an hour, and that's based on your age. Right. Okay. Okay. And so you'd be in there for probably about an hour and a half, and it would be on most likely I would order two and then see what the blood work shows before the second infusion. Right. And that wouldn't be scheduled until they know the surgery date or. No, could, um, could I, I just want to. I just want to okay. review it with. Okay, a doctor. With, with Dr. Jalibi, and then if he's. Okay. okay with that I'll let you know and then if you're interested they'll get booked and we would go ahead with that right yeah we wouldn't wait until the last minute it's better to to do it early not later okay do you know what my blood type is um they will check it at your pre-admission appointment and I don't have any history on that yet so no I don't know yet <laughs> but you can ask me after the pre-op, remind me and I can tell you. Okay. So going forward, you and I will talk on the phone. Okay. If that's okay. Yeah. You're certainly welcome if you're in here for some other reason, if you want to call Marion and come and talk right. to me, that's fine too. But I wouldn't bring you in okay. just to see me. Right. I try to communicate on the phone. Fair enough. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. Unless you really want to come, that's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them the option. <laughs> no, I've got a uh, phone with a 
speaker on this sort of thing. I can use it here on that. But you always tell me to repeat. Just let me yeah, know if you yeah. don't. appointments have been done over the phone, so. Scheduling for the appointments, yes. Mm -hmm. Scheduling your appointments done over the phone. <laughs> Who started you on the iron? Your family doctor? Or yeah, Dr. Dr. Cox. Dr. Cox. Okay. Morning after he got the test results. At any time, if you think that your bowel habits are changing or you're having some problems with constipation despite the laxative, stop the iron. Stop the iron. And let me know. Okay. If you're constipated. Yeah. No, I've been uh, passing gas and uh, say today was a like good, when, good stool. Like good once we good. start the IV iron and you're tolerating it okay, may stop the pills altogether just to reduce right. that chance. So this might be a little bit helpful. I'm not sure if Dr. Fox um, covered some of the essential information while you're taking oral iron. So. The Eurofair, do you take it with food or how do you, you take it on an empty stomach at night, you said? Uh, empty stomach, yeah. I it think. doesn't give you any stomach upset? No. I think my instructions were no food for two hours before I take it. Yep. Yeah. And it no doesn't know nothing? No. You're lucky. No. Really? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Most people don't tolerate it all that well on mm. an empty stomach. You can take it with a little bit of food if you like. It will reduce the absorption a little bit. Right. More, more importantly, just make sure that you're spacing it out at least two hours from any foods that contain calcium right. or any foods that contain caffeine. Right. And that's because dairy products and coffee, tea, Coca-Colas, the, the um, caffeine and, um, and calcium will block the iron from working, so it won't work at all. That's within so two like hours. Yeah, so okay. it sounds like you're doing that. Don't take it close to your other meds either, so... so uh, no cheese. For two hours, for at least two oh, hours. two hours before, okay, yeah. Right. You can have dairy products, just space yeah, it out uh, around. Two, right, okay. Space it out two hours around your other medications. Right. Vitamin C, it does, in, it does enhance absorption. It's up to you. I, I tend to recommend just taking it with some juice or a right. fruit, and that will help. Right. Sometimes vitamin C, um, in because most times if we're starting off the bat, right, so I don't know how someone's going to tolerate the iron, and then you add something acidic like vitamin C, and then you don't know, is it the vitamin C combined right. with the iron that's causing the problem? So I don't typically add vitamin C tablets but fruit or fruit juice helps. Yeah. But you're tolerating well, the iron, the vitamin C yeah. tablet probably wouldn't hurt. When I walk the dog in the uh, her cafe in the downstairs, I usually grab a glass of orange juice. I drink it then, yeah. so it might, yeah. be, it might be an hour before I actually take the that's pill. That's okay, but, yeah, that's okay but too. I don't have anything else, so I take the pill with water. You know, okay. 
And if that seems to be working for you, there's some a small study that came out that's suggesting that taking iron in the mornings is better. Um, it's better for absorption. But it was a small study, so I'm I'm not sure I would change your. You don't have routine. a two-hour window in the morning without yeah. eating. Yeah. <laughs> so it's probably just stay with what's working for you. Right. Oh, it's the easiest time to get the two hours. Huh? Yeah. So you. So side effects of iron pills, your stools might be darker. Yeah. Um, diarrhea is very unlikely from the iron. It's generally related to sensitivity that occurs within the first 48 hours. So, uh, so any diarrhea you have is most likely related to the um, laxatives that you're taking, not the iron. Right. Constipation is the big concern. So we don't want to get even close to constipation in your case. No. Okay. So if you if you think that you're not managing or if your bowel habits are starting to change even in the smallest bit, stop the iron and let me know. You understood that? I was just reading here and saying to add fiber to the diet to reduce well, constipation. Well, but not in your case because you're going to be on a low residue diet. Yeah. He's paying attention. You're not supposed <laughs> to be on fiber or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they'll get you that um, okay. low residue diet. I'm just on one tablet per day, so yeah. we don't have to worry about that. separating them out. Okay. And you're on lots of vitamins, so I don't anticipate that you have a, a B12 or folic there. acid right. problem. And we'll talk about what to do after right. surgery for follow-up. Um, I'll be writing yeah. a letter to Dr. Fox. Right. After the surgery, and um, I'd want you to follow up, and I'll let you know. You and I will talk a lot, and I'll let you know what your Very blood good. counts are and what needs to be done after surgery. Very good. Whether you need to stay on iron for a short period of time or whether you can stop it. Right. Very good. Any questions? No, I don't think so. So I'm happy with your blood count. We want to keep it that way or, or make it Very better. Good. Right. It's your iron stores that are that are low, and with ongoing or persistent bleeding, that could either get worse or not get a whole lot right. better on the pills because the right. pills take a long time, even in someone who's not actively bleeding. Right. It takes weeks to months. Um, so I want to potentially add intravenous iron, but because you've had a recent pulmonary embolism, um, you're not symptomatic though. But because you've had that event, plus of your plus your age, you're over 80. We want to be careful. Right. Another thing I was wondering: uh, the blood thinners. Sometimes uh, when you have a lesion, blood thinners can exacerbate bleeding a little bit too. Yeah. Well, I was wondering about the blood clots in my lung. How long does it take for those to disappear? I don't think they've done any. New scans or anything to show whether they're still there. Well, what generally happens, and they don't always do that, is because the the body, with the help of the anticoagulants, um, deal with that acute clot, right? And you will see thickening. 
so and you may see thickening there for years to come and it doesn't mean that the clot is still acute it's been all reorganized and just becomes sort of part of the vessel oh. when you have if you were to have new symptoms they would scan you again and if they saw clots in a different artery in the, in the lungs or if that if the areas were extended then they would consider that new clots but generally they don't go in and scan again um, unless you have new symptoms usually or there's a reason for it okay. because you're going to see that scarring generally right. um, sometimes yeah. yeah usually our bodies are pretty good at eradicating clots from the lungs mm -hmm. there are arteries in the lungs you tend to see the scarring in the legs from old blood clots more commonly but yeah. um, they don't tend to to check back unless there's a reason to do it I don't know, many years back, the uh, chest x-ray, they found a spot in my lung, and they checked it, I think, every year for a number mm -hmm. of years, but it didn't change, so I haven't had any x-rays for that purpose yeah, you can have <laughs> lately. Granulomas and things yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So, now I'm trying to decide whether we should bother with blood work if it's such a hassle. Right. <laughs> they have one blood test that they didn't do. Do you want to get some blood work done today or no? Does he have to have some? Uh, He's all right. You don't need to prepare for it. You okay to try to find a vein today? Well, it has to be done sometime, I assume. I assume uh, come surgery time they'll have a, an IV in case I have to pump some blood into me or something. I'm just wondering whether it should be a permanent fixture for a while. Well, did there's there's one missing from the iron profile which tells me how much protein you have to carry iron outside of the stores but you're responding to the oral iron, iron so you must yeah. have enough yeah. so okay. we can if you go on to have IV iron the nurses will do blood work and I can add on the missing stuff at that time I think okay. that's probably instead of putting you through because you'll have to wait downstairs, and then you'll wait and wait, and then maybe they can't get your blood, and it'll be frustrating <laughs> for you. And I have the main information that's fairly recent, so yeah. I think we're good. Alrighty. So I'll be in touch once I have an opportunity to talk with the physician here. Right. And then I'll call you, 
and then if you're interested in proceeding with intravenous iron, I'll write the orders and then they'll get, you'll get a call from the medical daycare unit. Right. Okay. Are you comfortable with them calling you to schedule you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then once I know when your dates are, I'll be calling to see how things went and on the second infusion we'll do blood work. And that blood work will tell me how well your iron went up after one infusion and it will give me an indication whether you need more or whether that's sufficient. Right. Okay. Good. Do you want Donna's business card or card and contact information or do you have it? I'm going to give you um, some contact information. Any questions? Different number than what I had for... That's uh, yeah, Marion's number. One thing we didn't really talk about, but just quickly, this is just a scale, just to show you. So your hemoglobin's up close to 130 at the moment, so it's actually quite good. When you have colorectal surgery, we don't have data to say for sure how much your hemoglobin's going to drop, because everybody's tumor is a little bit different. It's not like a hip replacement where it's a standardized procedure and everybody's... Uh, anatomies mm -hmm. in that regards is pr pretty uniform. So generally what I'm seeing is about about a 20 to 30 point drop in hemoglobin when it's somewhat straightforward. And so that'll take you down. I would I would imagine that if we keep you stable close to 130, you'll probably drop somewhere, you know, 90 mm -hmm. to 100 somewhere somewhere in there. So when do people need blood transfusions? Generally it's when either two circumstances occur, either the hemoglobin level drops into an unsafe range, that's generally under 70, or the hemoglobin level can be low in a safe range, but the individual's not tolerating that level of anemia. So that hemoglobin cell is carrying oxygen, so when you don't have as many red cells, there's less oxygen being delivered, and some people need more oxygen delivery. Right. And those tend to be people with coronary artery disease, so they have blockages in their coronary arteries, or people who have lung diseases like severe asthma or um, emphysema, that sort of thing, right. um, that can't tolerate, you know, even maybe hemoglobins between 80 and 90. That's not you. In surgery, of course, they don't wait for the hemoglobin during the procedure to drop to 70 before they act on it. If um, Dr. Williams, um, if she's the one doing your surgery, if she starts to see more blood in the operative site than typically uh, is typically seen, then she might order a blood transfusion to start ahead of it. So they're not going to, you know, wait till right. it's a prob big problem. Okay. Generally speaking, um, they haven't had to transfuse too many people recently since last April. We're seeing reductions in in right. uh, the need for blood transfusions. Do you have any questions? Uh, for the surgery, I guess there will be an IV set up ahead of time. Yeah, so yeah. so when you go into the surgical daycare unit, so they, the, when you have your pre-op appointment, they're the best people to describe uh, what to expect. But when yeah. you come in the day of the surgery, you'll go to the surgical daycare unit, and that's where the, the intravenous is, I think, are started. If not, then the anesthesiologist starts everything when you go into the OR right. street. 
sweet. Okay. Um, this booklet talks about blood transfusion, and this is Marion's number. You need to speak with me. You call this number, Marion generally answers the phone, and if you need me, she'll find me and I'll call you back. Okay. You can write Marion's name on there for I'll put both our names, so. In terms of blood transfusions, the risks and benefits, the risks are much less than um, what you probably remember back in the 80s and early 90s when there was problems with hepatitis C and, and right. HIV. Right. The Canadian Blood Services are the Canadian manufacturer of blood. They have very sophisticated testing for identifying all the known viruses such as HIV, hepatitis B and C, syphilis, right. West Nile virus, malaria, etc. In Ottawa, we're very fortunate. We have a very loyal group of blood donors. Many uh, have been donating for the last 25, 30 years, and every time they come through the doors, their blood is tested and they go through a rigorous screening process. Mm. So unlikely when you have um, a stable group of donors coming in on a regular basis, being tested on a regular basis, that we're missing something serious. It's not impossible, but highly unlikely. And we keep our blood in Ottawa for the most part. We are concerned about non-infectious risks, so approximately three to five percent of individuals exposed to somebody else's blood, even though we consider it here in the lab to be very compatible and match, you know, a good match for mm -hmm. you. It's still a foreign blood cell, and sometimes your immune system will react to those foreign cells, because there's lots of other proteins sitting on those cells that can trigger your immune system. Mm. Most symptoms are minor, so mostly symptoms I see are itchy hives and minor fevers that just go away when you stop that unit of blood. There's something in that unit from that particular donor that your body doesn't like basically. Doesn't mean you're going to react to the next unit of blood from a different donor. Right. There's medications to treat minor um, symptoms. So for instance, they would give you Benadryl if you had hives. They might give you some Tylenol if you had a, had a bit of a fever. In rare circumstances, the symptoms can be more serious, but those are extremely rare. So for instance, um, it can cause you to have uh, trouble breathing sometimes, because sometimes it's too much uh, volume, and so your heart's not compensating, so they need to give you a water, like a water pill or a diuretic to help you. Right. That's more common in, in people who have some heart disease or um, people with advanced age too, sometimes that can happen. Um, there's other reactions that can cause uh, lung problems, but those are very, very unlikely. There's always um, medications that can be used to treat serious and minor events. Yeah. And doctors and nurses are always on the lookout for what we call transfusion <coughs> reactions. I used to give blood, but I think I only gave blood one or two times because I'm allergic to needles or something, but uh, I never felt well after uh, Given a blood transfusion. After you gave some, yeah. Well, it drops your hemoglobin. So if you're someone who never had, I, I don't have enough history to see what your baselines were previously, but maybe you were always sort of running just, you know, where you are now maybe. Yeah. And so that would drop your hemoglobin 10 to right. 20 points. So you might have just mm -hmm. been sensitive to that drop. All right. Yeah. So the nurse, the last one I had, I guess the nurse just, well, 